Greetings and welcome to all our listeners of Church Matters. My name is Dan Dick and whether you're listening on their radio or via podcast, it's great to be here with you. The autumn season has arrived here in southern Canada and for many it's a transition time. Students and teachers return to school, many farmers are completing the harvest and beginning fall field work, and the faithful return to church after summer vacations and new people are welcomed into the fold of the church. And we here at Church Matters begin to plan for the coming audio casts that we hope to bring you soon. For today's Church Matters, we will play part one of a sermon heard by participants at the Mennonite Church Canada Assembly 2011 in Waterloo, Ontario this past summer. The theme of the assembly was remembering God's future, and it was based on Revelation 21 and 22. In part one of this two-part series, we will broadcast Nelson Crable's sermon called Remembering God's Future, This is Our Story. Nelson Crable is President Emeritus of Associated Mennonite Biblical Seminary in Elkhart, Indiana, where he served from 1997 to 2009. He has taught high school in Puerto Rico, pastored a church in Vermont, and was program director at the London Mennonite Center in England. He has taught widely on issues of mission, allegiance, the early church, and the book of Revelation. He holds a Ph.D. in New Testament from Union Theological Seminary in Richmond, Virginia, and he's an author. His most recent book is called Apocalypse and Allegiance, Worship, Politics, and Devotion in the Book of Revelation. Nelson is currently the lead pastor at Prairie Street and Mennonite Church in Elkhart, Indiana. Nelson begins his sermon by retelling the story of an 1874 Mennonite migration to Elkhart, Indiana, the day after the local pastor's daughter has died, illustrating the dangers of empire and drawing deeply from Scripture as told by John in Revelation. To frame part one of Nelson's teaching, let's hear Revelation verses 1 through 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. Let's join Nelson now as he paints a picture of God's future for humanity in part one of this two-part episode. What a privilege it is to be with followers of the Lamb today, to be with those whose loyalty is with this big story that we just heard, this sweep of history from creation to new creation, where God is creating a people, God is restoring God's creation. And we gather this week here in Kitchener-Waterloo, and we also gather in Pittsburgh as North American Mennonites. We gather uh, not simply because we have a distinctive biblical and Anabaptist past, but also because we have a distinctive future. We have a future in which, in the end, The lamb wins. And it's a distinctive victory of sacrificial love, 
of nonviolence, of creation restored. It's God's victory. It's the missio dei. It's the work of God. It's not our cleverness and our programs. Come, Lord Jesus. On a Saturday night in 1874, in the summer, the daughter of the pastor of the church where I now work, Prairie Street Mennonite Church, the daughter of that pastor lay dying. Little Grace Anna would not make it through the night. Her father, John Funk, founding pastor of this congregation, kept vigil until the early hours of the morning. Then she slipped away and Funk went to bed exhausted, only to be awakened a few hours later with news that 24 families of refugees from Russia had just arrived in the city and needed provision. Now more than any other North American Mennonite, I believe, John Funk had been alert to the dilemma of Mennonites in Russia whose conscientious objector status was rescinded in 1873. He saw that Russian Mennonites were in danger either of forced assimilation into empire or prosecution and perhaps death. Now before John Funk had become a businessman, publisher, pastor in Elkhart, he, by the age of 31, had already established a successful lumber business in the burgeoning city of Chicago and had sold the business to go back to or move to Elkhart, where among other things, he founded a church and almost immediately began to work tirelessly to help arrange papers and passage for Russians coming to North America. Thousands passed through Elkhart on their way to Kansas or Minnesota or Manitoba. Funk later wrote in his diary about those refugees who arrived in Elkhart the morning after his daughter's death. He said, under the circumstances, it was indeed a question as to what I could do for them. I had the train placed on a siding near the river where they could wash and cook over wood fires. I had the baker and the butcher, as well as the nearby grocer, open their places of business so these people could get what they needed. Near the church was a vacant house. I secured the key and opened it. After hauling the heavy baggage and the old people to the house, they washed, dressed, made dinner, and at two o'clock, we had worship service. Funk's wife, Salome, recorded that year that she personally helped arrange meals for 4,897 Mennonite immigrants coming through the city of Elkhart. But at one point, Funk became disillusioned with the project. He wrote in his extensive diaries, he wrote, became completely disgusted and tired of such a nonsensical set of fools as we have here in the city of Elkhart. Houses, a hundred houses, are said to stand idle and empty in this town, and yet people would rather have them stand empty than rent them to persons who need them. 
They seem afraid of these people, and I must think our Elkhart residents are a very narrow-minded, unfeeling people. Well, today in Elkhart, again, there are hundreds of houses standing empty as we deal with economic crisis. And again, we have thousands of refugees and immigrants coming into the city, only this time they come from countries to the south, and they are economic refugees, and they have no papers. One-fourth of the city of Elkhart today speaks Spanish. On Tuesday and Thursday evenings, up to 120 immigrants crowd into our church building to learn English, and some longtime neighbors in the city still say, let them come here legally like we did. Something of heaven must have come to earth in 1875 as Mennonites from Russia and Mennonites from Indiana shared food and fellowship and worship, some deep loyalty, some great vision of the church, some transforming encounter with this biblical story that we heard tonight motivated the Mennonites of Russia to count allegiance to Jesus Christ and his way of peace so precious that they left homeland for an uncertain future on a new continent. And some radical allegiance motivated a young John Funk to leave his successful lumber yard in Chicago, an enterprise that would make his business partner whom he left behind a multimillionaire in 19th century dollars. The book of Revelation is about that kind of allegiance and that kind of fidelity and worship. It's about first century Christians who were pushed about by empire, tempted to collude with empire, and Christians finding a haven among followers of the Lamb. You know, one can get discouraged with the current events today, what with continuing wars and violence in Afghanistan and Iraq and West Bank and many other places, it seems, with oil spills in the Gulf of Mexico and tar sands pillage in Canada, with the gap between rich and poor widening. But since the dawn of time, there has always been sin and suffering in God's good creation ever since the fall that we heard about again tonight. And Revelation registers that reality, what that fall felt like for John in the first century. Parts of this vision truly are nightmare. They are chapter after chapter of war and plagues and pillage and ravaging of the environment. That was simply how John of Patmos experienced the world. What with the Romans having executed Peter and Paul and others in Rome in AD 64? What with the empire having destroyed Jerusalem in AD 70? With John himself languishing in exile, we believe, on the remote island Patmos. And John observed that governments who should be working God's work at times themselves become the heart of the problem and generate suffering. 
So in the book of Revelation, the Roman Empire is a beast that's rising up out of the sea, presumably the Mediterranean Sea in chapter 13. And this beastly government wants the whole world to bow down and worship it, to worship its divine emperors, Augustus, Nero, Domitian, and others. And the city of Rome, which the Romans themselves portray as, portrayed as the goddess Roma, as she appears on literally millions of coins all throughout the empire, Roma, Roma, the goddess, appears in chapter 17 of Revelation as a prostitute. This prophet pulls no punches. And throughout his vision, John paints unsettling word pictures, images of environmental degradation as the sea turns to blood, images of the collateral damage of war as even stars fall to earth, images of the slaughter of innocent people. The Roman Empire for John is a beast with seven heads and Jesus is a lamb and the church is a great city shaped like a cube. It's a gift of God, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. This is the word of God in poetry, not to be taken literally, but to be taken as true. That concludes part one of this two-part sermon, first presented at the Mennonite Church Canada Assembly 2011 in Waterloo, Ontario this past summer. Tune in next time for part two of this inspiring teaching. Thank you to all our listeners wherever you are. I invite you to support the future of Church Matters with a gift. You can give through the mail, in person, over the phone at one 866 or online at MennoniteChurch.ca. My name is Dan Dick, and you've been listening to Church Matters, where our prayer is that you will be called, equipped, and sent to be the church in the world today. Tune in wherever you are, and thanks for listening. See you next time. As you go out from here, may the Lord go with you the face of God shine on you every day we are sent by God wherever we are living salt and light as people of the way